When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Welcome to Cannon Fodder, a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon Network. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Cannon Fodder. It is Wednesday, October 25th, 2023, and I'm your old buddy, Joe O'Brien. And greetings. I'm Troy LaValle. Hello, Troy. Uh, you're feeling dry this morning. I, I take it no no comedy in the, in the chamber there. I thought you meant, like, parched, because I am feeling a little dry. You know what? I am, too. I, it's so funny. I was, like, just about to launch into the, like... What's going on, everybody? And I realized that like I w- my throat was a little dry, and I was like, "Do I have one second to like grab a water, take a sip?" And I didn't. <laughs> and then I was like, ah, "I'm going to screw up the open." I thought it went really smooth, though. I think I crushed that that open. I didn't want to say anything. I don't want to pump up your ego, but you nailed it. <laughs> you really like to keep everyone's egos just right. I'm not one for an attaboy. <laughs> you are not a big patch on the back kind of right. kind of fella. I hate na- uh, sending an email that's just like, thank you. It's an implied thank you. I don't need to thank you for everything. You I or would anyone. suggest you say more thank yous. <laughs> it's too early. Uh, you know how much time it takes to go thank you? <laughs> I thank you <laughs> I by think you signing just it against yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much time it goes, takes to go thank you? I, yes, exactly that long. I can't do it. Sometimes I'll do voice to text, thank you, and it'll be like, thank lol. And I'll just, I'll send it and be like, they'll figure it out. I'm not retyping this. They'll figure it out. What's <laughs> up, everybody? Welcome back to the FOD, uh, the, the hottest show on the network. We are launching <laughs> into a bunch of exciting news this week. Very, very excited to, to drop a few things. I mean, we, one thing we mentioned earlier, but we're going to get a little, dig into it a little bit more today. Uh, we also have really exciting news about a whole new, show that is about to launch a whole new game that's coming this week which is wild uh we had to kind of keep it under wraps but now we can bust it out and share with everybody and um yeah we'll have a little we are stupid this week just a little just a slight one we had a nice role play episode this week but we'll also talk about episode six of campaign two of course and then as always listener mail uh but kicking us off is is news of the network this week and the thing that i want to jump into first and foremost is the the re-up on the really exciting extra life marathon that is coming it is imminent it is geez like 10 days away now basically 10 days away from uh, our next extra life marathon we talked about this on fod a week or two ago but uh i'm curious if you would like to share uh some programmatic details because we have uh we've made some decisions internally i'm not sure where you're at on that yeah we do have to start sharing some information about this. So uh, yesterday I was working on the schedule. It's it's almost nailed down, just trying to get uh, some other people's schedules lined up to make sure that we can announce this. Um, but I, it's a pretty strong 24 hours if this all works out. Um, <laughs> but here's the first thing you got to do. The first thing you got to do is if you are someone that wants to raise money for Extra Life, go to uh, extra-life dot org extra hyphen life dot org sign up for a free account okay that's the first thing you got to do you just sign up for an account you start an account then you set a goal for yourself could be twenty five dollars fifty dollars hundred dollars thousands of dollars whatever you want set up a goal and join the glass cannon network team we're going to be putting that link up but if you just search for teams glass cannon network team because when you do that any money you raise for your own goal goes towards our rather lofty goal of $45,000 if we hit this goal or when we hit this goal this year this will be the most we've ever raised we keep raising the bar every year we've set it for $45,000 but the easiest way for us to hit that goal is for lots of people to sign up for an account and join our team because then their personal goal 
counts towards our mega goal. So that's the first thing you got to do. And then the second thing you got to do is just keep Saturday, November 4th completely free because from 8 a.m. Eastern until uh, 8 a.m. the next day, we're going to be gaming all day. And we're looking at <laughs> there's going to be some Lies of P. There's going to be some Baldur's Gate 3. There's going to be some uh, like every Mario game that's ever existed. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, there's some role playing games we're looking at. Uh, I don't want to say what because they haven't been locked in. Uh, but Gloomhaven has been about, talked about. Can we Gloomhaven. talk about The Sims? Is The Sims happening? The Sims 4 is happening. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a, a really fun day and you're going to get to see a lot of different personalities on the network if everything works out. Uh, and, uh, including yeah. you should at one time or another see every member of the Gatewalkers cast. Yeah, right? that is the plan. Yeah. At the very least. Yeah. We, uh, we, uh, we've locked in Sydney and Kate for three hours of just Sydney and Kate. So. <laughs> Twitch takeover. Get excited for that. I mean, it's 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 a really fun day. It always creeps up on me, and I felt like I was ahead of it this year because a couple months ago I was like, November fourth, dude, we got to do this, and now it's like ten days out. I'm like, ah, it was Monday. I was like, all right, I got to start making this schedule because really, like, this is the the easy part is the gaming and the making the schedule. The hard part is like letting people know, get those donations coming in before Saturday, uh, so that like when Saturday comes around, we're already a, a few thousand dollars into our goal um but but yeah get ready get get ready to open up your wallets it's an amazing cause children's hospitals all around the united states uh i mean if, if you're not someone yeah, that like, was one thing that you kind of skipped over there is yeah. just, just talking about extra life for people that aren't familiar the the charity that you're that you're working for especially if you start your own page uh, all these charities are children's hospitals nationwide children's miracle network hospitals and that is uh, so when you start a, a your own profile and you want to raise twenty five bucks, hundred bucks, whatever that goes toward our team goal, you get to pick your specific hospital that your money goes to. So even though it's part of our overall goal, goal, it doesn't go to our charity, like the one we choose. It goes to the one you choose. It's just part of our overall goal that you know all of these hospitals are linked as part of the Children's Miracle Network. So you and yeah. I even you know donate to two different hospitals. So it's yeah, just, I uh, do Boston Children's, and you do which one? I do uh, Cohen's in New York uh, because that was, yeah, my daughter was part of that Miracle Network and she was in the NICU and everything when she was born. So um, I, I definitely support that one have every year. So, yeah, there's just uh, anyway, lots of opportunities to do a really good thing here. So and even if you if you can't donate a dollar, the best thing that you can do is just hang out with us on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, but just you, hang out, watch games. Here's the thing. You can donate a dollar. And I say this all the time. Like, How dare you assume if someone, if you're like, I literally cannot eat. Gotcha. Been there sleeping on park benches. Been there. <laughs> However, a lot of people think like, I can't, I can't donate money. I can't do it. You can donate a dollar. I, there's a lot of people that can find a dollar and you think like, Oh, they got a $45,000 goal. A dollar's not going to make a difference. Oh, it absolutely will because thousands of people watch our stream and watch the VOD afterwards. If ever, I always say this, everyone did a dollar, two dollars, three dollars. That shit adds up. And that's why we constantly hit our goal is because I, I preach that all day long during the stream. A dollar, two dollar, three dollars. You'd be surprised. Even if things are really tough, that dollar, that's paying it for it. You know, if it's at the end of the year and you're like, shit, I haven't like done any charitable work whatsoever. Let me kick a couple bucks to this. Uh, it really, really goes a long way and they make it super simple. You're like, I don't want to, I got to enter my credit card. It's super, they make it as easy as possible because nobody has any attention span anymore. <laughs> uh, well, very excited for that. And, and we'll do one more little uh, plug on that next week uh, on FOD just to remind you. And we'll, we'll hopefully we'll have some locked in. RPGs, maybe. Uh, right now, we've got our video games pretty squared away, but we might yeah. have some... We're hoping to play some TTRPGs that day, too. Yeah, we're looking at about five hours of TTRPGs if everything works out. Um, and TTRPGs are going to be, pri you know, the prime time slots. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five so. to ten, basically, like Eastern. So it's going to be good stuff. And I, I thought, like, by today, I'd have it, but we're still waiting on a couple people's schedules. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's talk about... The tour, because we're leaving today. Show so this, this is airing uh, today, Wednesday, October 25th, yeah. and we're flying out today to Chi-Town, baby. Oh. Our return to Chicago, uh, going to City Winery out there. Uh, Chicago, really, after all of our harping on Canifodder, got back on the horse. Uh, you guys were amazing, sold a ton of tickets, but there's still a couple left, from As what I understand. At the time of this recording, which we record this the day early, there's 24 tickets left. 
And they're like, can you send us a video so that we can put up ads? I'm like, what fucking stranger is going to buy a ticket to our show without knowing what the hell this is about? No, we need the Nash to buy those last 24 tickets. So if you're out there, you're, like, oh, you're on the fence. It is going to be a par in Chicago. <laughs> it really is. And then we're going to, you know, a little, little bit further south to St. Louis. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more excited about this weekend. You know, Chicago is like my second favorite city, maybe third. It goes like Boston, New York, Chicago. And New York and Chicago are pretty close. It's just I've lived in New York. Me forever. too. I absolutely I love, love Chicago. Chicago. Um, so yeah, excited to get back there. I feel like we are all as a, as a cast, we're all pretty punchy. And like ready to get back out there. It's been yeah. a while since Boston. And then before that was Indy. And Dude, so crazy. we just haven't had like an isolated flight to a city just to do a show. Mm-hmm. So uh, everybody is really excited for like even when we land on Wednesday just to get together to uh, have uh, some deep dish. Uh, except Kate, of course. Kate yeah, is, Kate's was talking mad shit yeah, about Kate's deep dish talking pizza. mad shit, everybody. If you, if you love Chicago pizza – Get ready to you got to blow up Kate's spot because she's yeah. like it's not pizza. It's not pizza. It's lasagna. <laughs> I think she says lasagna. <laughs> That's what she said at our last recording. Um, anyway, we're very very excited to all get together and uh, and yeah, Strange Aeons is wild and in an absolutely wild situation. So Combat have, right out yeah, the gate. Yeah, you have all that coming. So I mean, <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be juicy. Holy shit! I mean, it was crazy because we went from like uh, San Diego Comic Con two weeks late, and we were in LA doing other stuff. Then San Diego Comic Con, then Gen Con, and then Boston even felt like it came right away. Now it feels like it's been forever since mm-hmm. we've been on the road. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just, we, I'm excited to play this game. We haven't played it in so long. Yeah. So and also in between those two shows, you have the launch of Gatewalker. So you have all these new yeah. characters, first level that are, that we're having a great time with that campaign, but we have not been regularly playing strange hands anymore. So now we're chomping at the bit to get back in those characters shoes. Uh, I mean, literally Sydney yesterday was just talking over email ab- about her character and getting back into character and everything. So yeah, I'm very, very excited for that show. Also, this is the Halloween weekend shows. So I think you're going to. I mean, you're dressing up, right? I mean, I, I saw a little something, a little charge came through on the old credit card. You I know, think I you got a costume. got a costume here, and uh, one part of it is very easy to carry. And then I'm like, what was I thinking getting this costume? <laughs> it's not going to carry this dumb thing around because I can't put it in a bag. It'll get smushed. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm decked out. I should probably try it on, make sure it fits. But uh, Yeah, uh, so very much looking forward to that. We encourage you to do the same. So dress yeah. up, dress up for the Chicago show, dress up for the St. Louis show. It's Halloween weekend. Uh, we're going to have a blast. Uh, do your thing. Cosplay or just wear a funny costume or a sexy costume. Yeah. Or Whatever your thing is. Funny and sexy. Go all out. Why not? Por que no los dos? Uh, so that is the update on that. Oh, okay. So now we get into the juicy stuff because we here at the Glass Cannon Network have made some friends. And that yeah. launch launches a little show we like to call Friends of the Pod. So when our friends come yeah. to us and they say, we're working on a new game, we'd like you to play it and let's share it with Dinesh, uh, we put out episodes of Friends of the Pod. I can't remember what the last one was. Was it RuneQuest? Is that the last one we put out? Or did we have – or no, maybe it was uh, – Vast Grim or uh, – Vast Grim, uh, yeah. So it's, it's right around yeah. that Vast Grim – uh, basically Gen Con territory, right? Everybody was gearing up for Gen Con. Well, now we've got the first post-Gen Con Friends of the Pods uh, landing, and the first one is coming this Friday night, live on Twitch, 8 p.m. Eastern. We are playing the uh, new, unreleased, still-in-Kickstarter Assassin's Creed RPG. Uh, we've actually recorded it. It's in the bag. Yep. And uh, we had a blast, and uh, Skid is running this one. So yeah. very, very excited. I think it's Skid's first Friends of the Pod that he's yeah. running. Yeah, he jumped all over it because I was like, I feel like you know this uh, setting better than any of us. Um, so Skid's running it with you and me and Sydney and Abu Salim. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> It was the yeah. voice of one of the characters. I mean, yep. uh, I must have been so psyched when when I heard we were doing this. I'm like, well, I'm going to reach out to Abu. And I didn't even know at the time that he had done one of the voices. I was like, <laughs> I just feel like this is a great fit because I know he's a big gamer. And then I was like, wait a minute. I think he did a voice of it. Yeah, it's just, 
it was, was just just amazing and i it was it's the first time that i get to play with abu so Same. i'm very excited for you guys to see it they're gonna have we're gonna have two episodes of it it's gonna uh premiere on friday night this friday night on twitch uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern with uh, character creation and, and a little tease adventure, a little bit of adventure. And then uh, we wrap it up the following Friday, November. What is that? John. That is November. Uh, uh, November 3rd. Yes. November 3rd. It'll wrap up uh, Friday, November 3rd. So very, very excited for that. Then a couple weeks after that, we are pl- finally getting around to playing Gloomhaven. We're getting around Friends of the Pod, the new Gloomhaven RPG, which we created characters during Gen Con. You can find that video on YouTube. Get yourself refreshed on who those characters were. That was really fun. That was the first show of the morning, day four of Gen Con, and everyone was so punchy and so exhausted, and my voice is so fried. It's just hilarious. Check that out, and you'll remember uh, these awesome characters that uh, that skid josephine mcadam paula deming and sydney emmanuel created to do a one shot in the new gloomhaven rpg so that is going to air friday november 17th so keep an eye out for that we'll remind you of that as, as we get closer but uh it's it's a one shot gloomhaven prison break so very very <laughs> excited for you guys to uh to check that out all right with that let's let's get into uh gcp gcp episode six Campaign two. I love this is this a app. largely role playing episode. Uh, we'll we'll go into we are stupid in a second here, which we're, really we're just going to look back at last week. So first, I want to get into this particular episode. Let's just start with the uh, the capturing of Corimona and this entire sequence. It's it's a very important sequence. And my my first question to you, uh, seriously, it's just one of the players in the game. What was your thought process here with having one of these enemy combatants surrender and be subject to interrogation rather than fighting to the death? Well, it's it's a suggestion in the book, and I thought it was a good one because it allows you to get a little more intel um, depending on how you interrogate uh, before you uh, move on to the next um, portion of the adventure. And, uh, you know, when I was editing it and 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 listening back to it, now that we've recorded future episodes, I was like, "Oh man, I didn't even realize in the moment because we're it was it was improv um, how uh, how cool of a foundation was being laid out." Um, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I, I guess I am tooting a little bit because I didn't I didn't do it on purpose. I hear I, just, I hear a little toot. There's a little toot toot, but I was like, <laughs> "Oh shit, man! This was kind of perfect the way she laid it out because she was just telling you what she knew." And, uh, you know, it may be very different from the reality. And so now that I have the, the knowledge of how things have played out 10, 12 episodes later, it's, 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 it was pretty cool and, and telling. And so this is one of those episodes I think you should go back to and listen, you know, as later things unfold. Cause it's the first you're hearing of like what Bolon may or may not be up to. Particularly the philosophy. That was my favorite part of it is you want to make sure that your villain has a, good philosophy, right? Like a philosophy that you can wrap your head around, at least in one way or another, that seems like a like a terrifying goal to, to achieve. And Corimona is a great setup for that, because it's this fervent evangelist that has followed this this teaching of we need to give nature back to nature fully and in order to do that we have to wipe out all civilized peoples in the world including ourselves um and it was it was interesting like i i hate asking what's from the book and what isn't but you have a tendency to joke around as a gm and frequently and i do the same thing frequently uh call the PCs out for murdering enemies and make it sound like it's not a fight. Like, (laughs) like it's not self-defense. Like these were innocent people or something like like that. Bad guys. Right. You always drop like you, and so you've murdered two Oak stewards so far. And just using that word, (laughs) it, it implies uh, a certain guilt that, that, you know, things you shouldn't have done. I do the same thing. It was amazing. I remember back in my, uh, back in the day in my, Council of Thieves campaign, which was an urban adventure. So all of the enemies that you saw were just other people that lived in the city. They're not monsters, right? Yeah. They were just people with, you know, bad goals, I guess you <laughs> could say, evil goals. 
I would frequently just like call the PCs murderers and I would like try to get them arrested for stuff and like brought up on charges and they'd be and they would just be like, what are you talking about? These people are trying to take over the city and kill all the poor people or whatever. And uh, it was just really funny to get them all psyched out in their own heads about it. But in this case, what I'm curious about is how much you actually believe this philosophy that because one of Cory Mona's primary uh, ob- uh, objections to what's happening is like, look at what you are doing. Look at what you do. This is what we do. We just kill each other and we cause all these issues. And it is uh, a reason that we should be wiped out. Do you think this is something that, that's transferring over from Bolan's philosophy? Or do you think maybe this is just Corey Mona in the moment kind of reacting to the the bloodshed that she just witnessed? No, I think that this is this is definitely coming over from Bolan's philosophy. If he's turned a certain amount of Oak Stewards over to his cause, it has to be a cause that has some worth to it. Now, yeah. obviously, he's an extremist, but you can't imagine that there was like so many dissenters that were just looking for an out from the uh, you know whatever the uh, commanding ethos of the Oak Stewards was. You, you probably imagine just the, that probably just the Druid Code, you know, what yeah. I mean? like the kind of that, yeah. I think that this is this is an extremist way of looking at things, but it had to be convincing enough that other people were like, yeah, you know what? This Bolan guy's right. Um, and the fact that like he's gone through the experience that you guys have gone through and he's come back changed and they look, they kind of rever him like he's, no, he's enlightened now. He, he knows things and, uh, we just think that like, He's in the right. Um, and they even say like, they don't want to do this. They would never hurt a unicorn. Um, but they, yeah. they have to because of the, the greater good that they're trying to, uh, go after here. But you also get the sense that like maybe Corey Mona doesn't know the whole story. Um, cause you'll ask her a question. She's like, I don't know. I wasn't involved with that. I wasn't involved with this. Right. And she's, so- she's like an enforcer, right? She's a footman, uh, a, yeah. a, you know, it's just sort of somebody at the ground level. She's not necessarily making all these choices or doesn't know Bolan's mind fully. So, um, it, it, it was interesting to, to listen back and, and to hear, uh, also, is it Rever or is it Revere? Revere is a city in Massachusetts. No, that's Revere. That's Revere. Uh, <laughs> Rever. Rever. I, I think it's Rever. It could be either. Did I say Rever? You said Rever. It is Revere. And it, it sounded funny to me. It is Revere. Rever. Am I thinking of like a reverie? Yeah, I think that you, I think you pronounce it that way in some usages of the word when it's like. Right. Revered. He is revered. He is, you would be revered. You wouldn't be revered. Right. Yeah. I fucked it up. No, you were you were right to okay. point it out. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew you were stupid. You know, I I make fun of you a lot. I'm glad you. This is what we do. This <laughs> is what, what we, we do. do. This this is the <laughs> foundation of our friendship. So the uh, let's move on to the scouting of the scene. Love this scene because you have both. You have Lucky and Zephyr getting out on their own. So often we're so afraid to ever split the party in any situation that it's actually sometimes difficult for two characters to bond at all, right? To like have a connection in a role-playing way. Um, And so it was nice to have a scene where not only are they advancing the story through their scouting of the gnome uh, forest fortress, whatever you want to call it, but they are also connecting Uh, and even, and not even connecting, like they're going to be BFFs. Like they're, they're, Connecting and, and showing how different that they are, uh, but also these things that they have in common. They're both sort of like loners. They both sort of have never really worked with people before, yeah. uh, worked hand in hand with people. And I think that it was it was a really nice moment. But it, it comes on the backdrop of exploring this place, which seems, of course, to have no advantage to us. Like there's there's no way in. Everything is trapped. All you can do is go in the front door. This is a really frustrating situation, and I and I want to know. Like, I really want to know. Is there really no like other way in? Really, there or are. Did they just w- fail their perception checks? No, I mean, there's probably other ways in, but they're dangerous. There's um, no safe way in. Yeah, there's really no safe way in. Period. You know, it's not like the. the That's seems what like really what it seemed like. Seems like there's one staircase, and so you have to have a plan. And uh, it seems like you have a plan. I yeah, we, there, we have a plan. Uh, but yeah, the, the the trees have all been stripped, and there are like spikes and grease on them. So, so like they're 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 fortifying themselves fortifying. against. And he, uh, you know, they know they're up to no good and they don't want anyone to, to bother them. Um, so, yeah, they really have to go in the front door. 
Is this something you saw coming slash expected, like a full scouting of the area to give like as much information as we asked for about the location? No, no, not at all. No. Um, and it was, it was, it was, I'm fine with it. You know, I just, I think in the past when people would want to do that, I'm like, ah, I would like steer you away from it. Like, are you sure you want to do that? But now I'm like, all right, let's see what happens here. Um, and we got a great moment out of it that mm-hmm. end moment i was because i'm just like all right what is the end of this episode now where are we going here we got to go f- back to the camp scene and have you get high with uh talitha and i'm still looking for the ending and also giving you some information kind of re-solidifying the fact that there's only one way in and one way out um and then was able to find a, a cool kind of spooky ending yeah it was great I, I loved the ending and i'm i'm looking forward to uh I don't know, expanding more on that scene with uh, Brother Ramius and Talitha as well. Uh, that, 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 that has a purpose. It's not kind of out of nowhere, and it'll be revealed more over time. I think Brother Ramius's this connection to the Drake heart and what that is and, and how that came to be uh, is something that, that is a very early seed that I'm planting. I hope he lives long enough to, so that you can see where that goes, but uh, it doesn't, doesn't come out of nowhere. So yeah, anyway, a uh, great role playing app. Like I said, we are stupid is light this week. So we'll, we'll just dip into it for a second here before we move on to listener mail. Uh, let's go back. Oh, so obviously professor Eric points out, and it's it's painful for me to listen back to that episode and continue to hear us screwing up the dying to wounded condition. Uh, yeah. And we talked about it last week on fodder. Look, it's going to happen a few more times, uh, but and then it'll never happen again, right? Troy? <laughs> well, you know, it's never funny, is that again. In episode, what's coming out this week? Seven. Seven. All right. So I was editing eight the other day, and I said it, and I just cut it out. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> I think there's a cut here. I can be able number here. Uh, so I'm going to try and do that because like, obviously we've already corrected it. And we also, there's never, there hasn't been any uh, irreversible repercussions because of that mistake, which is the right. most important thing. That is the most important thing. And for those of you that uh, cringe and find yourselves unable, almost unable to continue listening because of such a mistake, <laughs> just know it hurts me worse because I can't stand listening <laughs> to it when we know that we did it wrong. You know what? Um, it doesn't bother me that much. I know. It doesn't bother you at I all. Kinda, it drives me nuts. I mean, it's there's why There's a lot I, going on in the world. The it's missing why wounded first... one and wounded two doesn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put it that way. I kind of just move on. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I could get angry about that. Or I just I could, uh, uh, move on the window. <laughs> just look out the window uh, at my children playing outside and realize what really matters in life. Yes, you're right, Troy. That does matter more than wounded, dying to wounded. Clearly, um, you think this is more important than the conflict in the Middle East, and I think you've made that abundantly oh, for, clear, Joe. For God's and sake. I'm going to clip that and Don't let the that. world know. <laughs> Don't clip that. Joe and uh, everyone that posts on social media uh, – care more about the rules than the conflict in the Middle East. <laughs> How rude. How rude. Um, I'll tell you what I do care about. I do care about a little spell called heal. And we're going to dip back into it just for a minute because at my request, heal. Professor Eric wrote in a little heal treatise to me because I said, explain to me why I would use the, the three action heal. And in my mind, the the explanation that he has laid out has not uh, uh, like – it is not turned on any light bulbs for me. This is exactly how I thought about this spell. And he starts right off saying that the two action heal, I want it word for word, that the two action heal is by far the most effective use of the spell. Um, in general, the two action version is far and away the most effective use of the heal spell. The flat plus eight per level is just amazing to ameliorate poor dice rolls. And that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like those poor dice rolls are really bad. Now, what he does point out, and I did say this last week very, very briefly. I, I said, like, it gets better at later levels. But the way he puts it, which makes sense, is the more dice you add to the pool. So as you level up, it becomes 2d8, then 3d8, then 4d8, every level. Um or every level of the spell, the as you heighten it and it it grows in power, you just the more dice you add, you just give yourself a much better chance of averaging of hitting an average when you roll mm-hmm. the swing between one hit point and eight hit points at first level is wild. I mean, it is life and death at first level because that represents 50 percent basically of everybody's total hit points. And you could go from one to to eight. I mean, it's just it's just intense. So even getting two die is going to make uh, is going to ameliorate what he said the horrible swinginess to use uh, to use his terms. But in <laughs> combat, 
or, or I'm sorry, let's talk about um, utilizing uh, the three-action version. Here's where the three-action version is strong. When you're surrounded by undead. Yes, <laughs> obviously, of course. Uh, that, <laughs> yes, that's very, very effective because in 2E, I don't know if you know this, Troy, but it both heals and harms in 2E. Like in 1E, you had to choose. In 2E, it heals all living creatures and harms all undead all at the same time, which means it's phenomenal when you're in that situation. We just are not in that situation. And I'm curious if we are ever going to be. I actually am very curious about this point. And it's not a question I'm asking you because I think that it's a stupid thing to ask. Will there be an undead horde? Yeah. All is is there adventure? an undead element to these gates or this adventure? Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like it to me, but uh, you never know. You never know. Um, in that situation, and you know what, any adventure can just throw in an undead encounter at any time, but sure. I don't see this adventure as being heavily undead themed at any point in any book, but I could be wrong. We'll see. We'll see how that, how that goes. Um, and then also in combat, if you have multiple characters down and dying, you can stabilize multiple characters with an AOE heal. It doesn't matter what you roll on the die. So of course, in those cases, uh, it's, it's going to be great. And then the last, the last way is really when you're out of combat and you have multiple people that are hurt and you don't have time to treat wounds. So you're out of combat. You know another combat is one or two rounds away. The AOE heal is probably the better way to go once you're second, once the spell is second level and up. I would still say that it's probably better to do the two action version even out of combat in that situation because I'd rather give the most hit points to the person that can do the most amount of damage. So keep them up the longest and just try to and the people that have low hit points just try to stay out of stay out of harm's ways as long as you can in this next combat and I'll try to heal you in another round. So anyway, some some interesting thoughts there from Professor Eric on a lot of pressure the heal spell on you because you're really the only one that can do it in combat. So. Like do any yeah. type of legitimate healing in combat. So yeah, it's really interesting. It is shoot. interesting and, and something I'm, I'm excited to explore. Um, this, you know, this being a primary healer in combat is uh, not something I've done too, too much of. Uh, and in this case, there's a lot of strategy to it and a lot of, you have a, a very limited resource that you can use it for. And so you got to pick your moments and, I don't know. I'm, I'm having fun with it. I, I think yeah. it's exciting. I think a lot of people don't ever want to do it, and I don't really know why. I mean, I'm even one of them, and I can't really explain why. I think it's tactically just as as fun, um, but I think, I don't know, people just like dealing damage, I guess. I, I guess that's the most fun thing, is to output a lot of damage. I, I don't know. Uh, I have fun putting outputting a lot of damage, too, so... Oh. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how Colonel Luther would have played differently in 2E if I would have done more in combat healing um, because I always would was adamant that like channeling during a fight wasn't a good use of. Uh, and I agreed with that for him, especially where I didn't take uh selective channeling. Yeah. Uh, but even with selective channeling, you know, it's just like channeling is like, all right, let's get some juice after a fight. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see old, old Colonel Luther in two E. So we want to do a Ruins of Aslan 2E conversion? <laughs> oh, 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 don't tempt them. <laughs> don't tempt them. Uh, oh, oh, here's one more thing I just wanted to mention on it really quick. This is, this is an interesting, interesting thing that I didn't think of. So we have always thought of this, how much more dangerous it is to bring somebody up from dying. We even say it in episode six to bring somebody up from dying when they're in melee with a, a, an enemy. Yeah. It, you're better off to just leave them dying for the moment, unless, especially if they have a bottle cap, you know, just, just let them die and stabilize with their bottle cap or whatever, like rather than bringing them up to three hit points. Yeah. And then, you know, so what Professor Eric says uh, here, if you're going to do an AOE channel and you have multiple people down or whatever, one interesting tactic is to specifically and purposefully delay your action until you know you will have multiple PCs in a row in the fight go. So, like, you don't want to heal, and then if the enemy's after you, it's better for you to delay your action, go after the enemy, and then burst that thing off when your allies are going to have two or three turns right in a row. So that's kind of a, a good point that I didn't think of. Usually if your allies are dying, you think, well, I need to go as soon as possible and heal them or stabilize them. 
this is an interesting tactic, which is if you can get somebody who can wake up and then heal themselves further, like somebody like Talitha could, right? Like if I just get her to one hit point, then she can quick craft a uh, uh, a tincture, drink a healing potion on her turn. Make sure I wait till right before her turn to heal her. Don't heal her when the enemy, there's two enemies that are going to go before. It's so tricky strategy. because like if you bring someone back up, they're wounded one. And then if they get back into the fight and get crit, they go straight to dying three. And like now the chances of death have increased exponentially. But if the only other option is just like, well, figure it out with your bottle caps, like that may, that may be the safest option. But, uh, when multiple people start going down, it's going to get real, real tricky because I'm not going to take my foot off the gas. You know, if you're going to get back in the fight, you're a target. Uh, and a really, really right. smart en- enemy out for blood or like a, you know, a big combat where I'm like looking for a kill. Uh, I, I might notice you're up and just fucking bah! while you, you haven't even got a chance to grab your weapon. You're still prone. Yeah. I love so- doing that shit. So anyway, that was a good point. I just not something that I had thought of, not something I had experienced yet as Brother Ramius. So it's something I want to keep in mind. It's like use that that opportunity to delay because with Foundry, we can see the lineup. You know, you can can see the coming initiative, especially if you're into the combat where, you you know, the enemies aren't going to surprise you with their initiative. You can pick the best time to bring somebody back. It's probably right before their turn mm. so that they can then heal themselves maybe a little bit. Uh, okay. Let's, let's uh, get a little, let's get a couple questiones uh, oh, from the nation here. Forgot about listener mail. Yeah, buddy. Thank you, good buddy, Nick. The first question uh, we're going to have today comes in from Thomas, who says, hey, good buddies. Hey. When are we getting more Matty Caps Star Wars content? Love the show. <laughs> Love you guys. Come back to Denver. I put it on the list because this has come up multiple times in the last two weeks over email. Has it? Uh, we're, we're cooking. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the beakers are cooking. Oh, you mean our, uh, but in, in our, our lab? Emails. Yeah, in, in our emails with Matthew, everything. He wants to run Star Wars. We're trying to find a spot to put it in. I think it's going to be coming. I think you're going to see some Star Wars in November and December or either or or maybe even both. Your thoughts? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play, but I will uh, if the right opportunity um, comes. Up. I can't believe you. You're out of your mind. The fact that you wouldn't want to play that phenomenal it's a lot of fun and i Mon like the calamari group. in star wars do not like the- my blood do we not <laughs> bleed does your not, wait does your blood not come out blue and burn the ground not come out blue and burn the ground uh, yeah no it's fun it's fun that's fun it's fun to be funny um <laughs> but yeah no i we're we have something on the books but it's really dependent on on a schedule so if that if one of the person's schedule doesn't work out um maybe before the end of the year but as it gets closer to the end of the year if it doesn't work out this time it's gonna it's gonna be trickier um but you know right, it would, so it, it might not happen but we're trying to make it happen thomas we promise also you don't have to play it's true but then no one will watch <laughs> <laughs> you see what's so what's interesting about me joe is that like people who enjoy me watch and right. people who hate me hate watch yeah they love <laughs> watching when and you're so it's it. yeah it's it's a real tricky thing uh the straw that stirs the drink <laughs> jackie Rob- <laughs> not jackie robinson who said that it was uh reggie jackson Did you ever reggie see that, jackson that uh do- it wasn't a documentary it was like uh I don't know if it was an HBO show or something. I'm the straw that stirs the drink. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, Matthew Matthew definitely wants to play. We're trying to make it happen. Uh, stay tuned. There's more stay to that tuned. adventure, that endless adventure that we'll never finish. That endless, like, starter adventure. Starter it's supposed adventure. to just be a starter adventure. We've been playing it for three years. <laughs> we really have. Across multiple That's casts. not even an exaggeration. Yeah. We started that adventure in 2020. It's It has a longer run than Echo Quest. <laughs> and it's just basically the quick start kit for, for the star wars i mean it's because we just jack off the entire time i mean i don't even remember what dalgo was i just remember what we made dalgo. it dalgo. Dalgo. uh yeah well, yeah it could be happening very soon or maybe next year 
<laughs> or maybe never again. Uh, okay, one more today. This one is a, a little juicy, a good question, a heartfelt question. I really appreciate it. It's going to be hard to answer, especially uh, for Troy, I think. But let's let's oh, give boy. it a shot. Joseph writes in uh, saying, hey, fellas. Hope this finds you and yours well. I'm a big fan, especially of getting the trunk, and wanted to ask a question pertaining to group chemistry. He goes on to describe uh, getting into a Delta Green game with members of the Nash uh, on Discord. Like mm. they started up a DG game, and uh, he says that sometimes he finds himself holding back from a role play perspective because he doesn't know the people he's playing with super well, and he doesn't know how they're going to react if he says something stupid, or more importantly in DG, like does something stupid that could like foul up uh, the mission. Yeah. You know, any advice to help overcome this fear would help greatly as I'm beginning to think I may be lessening the experience, not only for myself, but more importantly for the other players uh, who are much more intelligent than me and far better role players and improvisational, improvisational storytellers who deserve better. Thank you for reading. Uh, well, thanks for writing in. And I'm so glad you started the DG game. I guess the question that I would frame out of that to you, Troy, is have you ever found yourself in one of our games uh, on the network at all where you felt like you weren't comfortable in your own skin in terms of the role play, the character you were playing or the people you were playing with, and you felt like you were taking a back seat. Um, is, is, does that happen to you often? Because you always seem so confident when you're playing. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly has happened over the years. I think it, it less so, you know, the as the network has grown and, and, you know, we don't really play with a lot of strangers anymore. You know, and it just doesn't, as a performer, it doesn't take me long to feel comfortable and also to feel like, just from years of acting on stage, like you just know when it's your time, you know, that's something you just get through, through practice. You just know like when it's your time and when it's time for someone else. And also when it's time to like pull people in who may be reserved, you know, that's, that's the role of a, of a good GM is like making sure not only people are sharing the spotlight, but that you're uh, helping to get performances out of people who are uh, you know, who are shy, uh, or who feel like they're, they're, they're not, they're not as talented as everybody else. Uh, but it's definitely something I felt in the past, you know, and, and I think that, uh, you know, when it comes up now, it's, it's probably why I lean more into just goofing off constantly. Cause then I can, I don't have to worry too much about that. Like, I don't, I just don't, I don't enjoy really serious role playing, uh, unless it's, unless it really is called for, you know, with Delta Green, what we do and get in the trunk, I feel like it, I, I, I like to go back and forth because that just interests me in terms of the character of Cumstone. I like to go like so off the wall zany and then like, you know, also be super serious. Um, but that's, that's kind of what Delta Green is. Like, I don't really enjoy the system of Delta Green. I don't think it's a, a, a very strong system. And so like, if you're playing Delta Green, you're there to improv. That's, that's what I think. It's like, maybe this isn't the right game. Um, because that, this is, this is Delta Green is like story time with your friends. And so I, if you're not, if you're not feeling comfortable improving, it might be better to find a more, uh, a chunkier uh, mechanical game where improv uh, isn't necessary to move things along. With Delta Green, it's tricky. Unless you're really good at describing what you do and you don't want to improv, like, ah, you know, I'm going to just, I'd like, a, like to go find a, a place and I'll walk up to them and, you know, I'm going to try and get this information rather than role playing it out. That's totally fine. And we've talked about that a ton on the FOD before. There's also the issue of being decisive in Delta Green and making hard choices because there's a lot of choices in Delta Green for how you approach combat, not even not just combat, how you approach dangerous situations and also like legally tenuous situations. And that can be a fun thing to throw all caution to the wind with. But I can kind of understand where you're coming from if you're thinking, oh, well, I don't want to like torpedo the whole group and the mission by doing something bold that I think is my character would do. So I'm just going to just be quiet. Um, sometimes those things make for a really fun game. Like don't hesitate too much to do a bold thing, not just for the sake of being bold, but if you think your character would actually, you know, would actually do it. Uh, you know, Troy, you've, you've played a couple games, one of which I know for sure has not aired and I don't think ever will where you played outside the network uh, and played with other people. Uh, did you ever find yourself in those games where you're just kind of a guest being a little gun shy with your, you know, how much you, I don't know, jump into the game? I definitely spend a lot of time early on and I haven't done that in a while, just listening. 
you know, listening and choosing my moments, you know, especially in bigger casts, like choose your moments. And then when the spotlight comes on you, whether it's initiative or like, uh, you haven't spoken in a while, like just be ready with something like yeah. you know, whenever we do shows that have like nine people on them and I'm a player like Thunder Company and whatnot, it's like, I wait till it comes to me and I'm thinking like, what's something really fun that I can do in this moment? Cause this is my time to shine. Yeah. Uh, you, you've only got 30 to 60 seconds, right? To do something that really catches people's attention. And, but you've got 15 minutes to think of what that thing is. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so think about it ahead of time and start to plan. Like when it comes to me, I, I want to have this thing prepared. Dude, it's fucking crazy. So I recorded this thing. I've, I've never, I've never actually gone in, at length about it, but there was like, uh, 14 people on it and it was like matthew lillard jason charles miller b dave walters abria iyengar brennan lee mulligan like everybody who's now like big 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 time and and me and i didn't know anybody i'd met lillard once i had met jcm once and nora was in it so i knew nora i felt good about knowing nora and so i was like oh man i want to use this as an opportunity to like shine and impress but not be a, a scene hog so i just made sure anytime it came to me i was ready to go with zingers and with like funny moments and and i think that's like a, a good um lesson is like if you're uh, feeling, feeling nervous or you want to like shine. It's just like choose your moments and really think about what you want to do in that moment during the time when everybody else is, is speaking so that you can come in and, uh, blast something out there. Uh, also, if you struggle with improv the way that I do, um, Another thing to help break the ice a little bit for you is to go to your uh, handler and just suggest a flashback and write yourself a scene because yeah. then you can do something that's outside of the immediate realm of the game, but it's something that can offer depth to your character that can in entertain the other players and get them into it a little bit more, maybe even uh, spark some interest in your character. And it gives you the opportunity to just pre-write something so that you can be prepared and feel confident in it and then just do it. And it has no impact on the immediate narrative. It's not going to turn the, uh, you know, the tide of the investigation in a way that's going to stop you from being able to move forward. That is, a, to me, is a really good icebreaker to hog the scene for a little bit but you're already pre uh, planning with the handler when the handler wants that to be in the game, when the handler thinks that moment is right for the game. So you're not shoehorning it in somewhere. So I, I think that that is also a good uh, tactic to use to, to stretch your muscles a little bit and, and break the ice. Yeah. Like and if I you're said. worried about torpedoing the investigation, you can also talk to the handler beforehand and be like, I'm thinking about doing these things, but like, I don't want to like get killed right away or kill everybody else. And maybe depending on the handler, they might be like, well, try it. Or like, well, maybe don't do that, but try this instead. You can have that conversation so that you don't feel like you're screwing around, screwing the group. Um, but also like a good handler, a good GM should choose their moments on like when to bring down the hammer. Like there are times especially in Delta Green, where you may make a decision that as written or whatnot can lead immediately to, to death. And it's up to the handler whether or not they're going to go through with that. But like, I don't know, I feel like if someone has been super shy and all of a sudden they come out with an idea that is like an idea that should mean death, it's much more interesting result for the handler to use that as a teaching opportunity and have something uh, you know, a fate worse than death or something more creative uh, and debilitating happen than just outright killing someone for being creative. It, it is a super fine line that you only learn through years of running these games. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a tricky one. That's kind of on the handler. Also, lastly, I'll say, don't be afraid to throw your ideas out there to the group in character for what you want to do in a certain situation. And you might get everyone coming down on you being in character, being like, no, we're not going to do that. No way we're going to do that. That would set off this or this or this. And you would like, maybe you think, oh yeah, they're, they're probably right. You don't have to double down on everything you suggest. You can suggest fun and kind of like outside the box thinking and then everybody talk you down and then in character be like, oh, you guys are right. You guys are right. Or, you know, just make it funny and be like, uh, you know, that's just fine. Fine. And, <laughs> and just like curl up into yourself as a character. Uh, I, I don't know. Basically, just because you suggest something doesn't mean you have to do it. Doesn't mean you have to, you know, dig your feet in. You can yep. just throw things out there and you never know when somebody might be like, actually, I kind of like that idea. And then you have one person on your side and then two people are arguing about what to do with the body or whatever. And it could, it's just fun. It just makes for a more fun game than if you were just totally, uh, quiet. So 
yeah. Anyway, thank you for the question. I hope you get uh, can build a little bit more confidence in that game. Believe me, I I know how you feel, and I know that it is much easier said than done. Uh, <sighs> but you just got to rip the bandaid off. You got to try somewhere and uh and and just see how it goes is it really going to torpedo the group if it does and they don't even want to play with you anymore then that was never a group you should have been in in the first place i mean that's that's as simply as i can put it and now you'll have a night off uh free from the week <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly uh <laughs> yeah the, the the troy solution would be just don't play because playing just sucks play. go start a new group with people who are cool <laughs> <laughs> Remember we used to do this back in the original FOD. People would write in questions about like, oh, I'm struggling with one of the players in my group. He's a real asshole, blah, blah, blah. And like 100% of the time, we would be like, just kick him out of your group. Just kick him out of the group. He sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but he's my best friend. Uh, we'll find a new best friend because he sucks. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, all right, guys, that is going to wrap it up uh, for the FOD this week. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, always, always a pleasure. We are hitting the road, heading to Chi Town, baby. Hit the road, Jack. And Hit the Saint road, Lou. Jack. And St. Louis. And St. Louis, which sold out twice. So thank you, St. Louis. You guys are the best. We're going to have Halloween costumes. It's going to be a blast. Can't wait to share with the nation uh, via uh, video and audio after the fact. So have a great time, everybody. Have a great Halloween. Uh, and we'll talk to you next week uh, before Extra Life. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at jointhenation.com. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.